Good morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, this is an amazing day, a day we're celebrating something that you've done in our lives and here in our community. We thank you for your love for your people, your love for your church, and that you promise to never leave us or forsake us. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Well, you already know it's a special day here, and it's a little different. Uh, This may be a first in our 10 years, I don't know, that we are doing a tag team sermon. I'm going to do the first half, Pastor Michael's going to do the second half, or the second two-thirds, or the second four-fifths. When God launched GFC 10 years ago, Michael and I were honored uh, to serve as the first pastors together. Now, before I keep going, I have a very special guest to introduce to you, uh, Pastor Jean-Claude from Burundi, Africa. We've been honored to have him a part of our family this weekend. Uh, This is day number three in the United States for him. Uh, Jean-Claude, would you stand up? Please let us welcome you. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of how we got connected because uh, his heart and mission and ministry really overlap with uh, the calling of of Gospel Fellowship Church. Uh, Jean-Claude and his wife, first of all, have adopted five children and have, uh, God's blessed them then with four uh, biological children, so nine kids. And uh, he and his wife served in the Alpha Evangelism Ministry in the capital of Burundi for a number of years. And then six years ago, God called them uh, to leave the capital city and to go out to minister in a village and do church planting in a village. Now, a village is 17,000 people. Uh, you may, this, uh, they don't have electricity where they live. They don't have running water where they live. And uh, Jean-Claude and his wife were really burdened to strengthen families and equip families to live for Christ. And so he is a pastor in the Anglican denomination and so reached out uh, to the Anglican network here in Charleston, South Carolina. And if you uh, know about Visionary Family Ministries, for the last 15 years, we have been equipping Anglican churches in South Carolina with all of our visionary parenting and visionary marriage curriculum. So Jean-Claude reaches out to Charleston to say, what could we do by way of Bible studies to teach families? They say, you should do visionary parenting. Now, I have no idea any of this is happening. So uh, Jean-Claude translates visionary parenting into Karundi, which is the language of Burundi. Who knew? I just learned all this. And uh, led his first group. He had 10 men go through this this course. And and as Jean-Claude has explained uh, to me since then, uh, it's very common apparently in Africa for a man to live with a woman 20, 30, 40 years, have a bunch of children, but never marry her. And week three of the Bible study, three men came to him and said, this isn't right. We need to marry these women that we're living with. God wants us to marry them. So they did a triple wedding in the village. They've now gone through five courses. They've had 17 weddings. Two men, amen. He's got two men now trained to go lead the Bible studies in other parts of the village. And, I, and so about a year ago, two years ago, he emailed me out of the blue and says, let me tell you who I am and what God is doing here. So when I heard he was coming to the States, we wanted to spend some time together, and it's just been a great honor to be with you this weekend. During our fellowship meal, 
Trust me, you want to meet him and, uh, and get to know him. So please make some time to, to come. Let me introduce you to, to Jean-Claude. Well, 11 years ago, uh, a year before GFC sprouted, if you had said to me, 11 years from now, uh, Amy and your family, that you'd be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of a brand new church, uh, a church that your family was a part of planting, I never would have believed it. In fact, church planting was on our list of nevers. <laughs> do you have a list of nevers in your life? Um, things that you will never do. And you have told people, your friends know, here are things you will never do. And you have told God, most importantly, about the things you'll never do. And it is a really bad idea to tell God the things you'll never do because it only encourages him. Uh, when Amy was, oh, pictures, my goodness. Chicago with Jean-Claude on Friday. Uh, Portillo's hot dog right there. And uh, it's, been, it's been tremendous. Okay, and then, again, my goodness, my, my bad brain. Take a look at this. This is that triple wedding in the village, and here's Jean-Claude and his wife. Just a miracle. Just a miracle. All right. So Amy had a, a never when she was in high school and college. She said she would never marry a youth pastor. Well, that's what God called her to do. I said I would never homeschool our kids. Well, that didn't last long. Um, Amy and I said we'll never do a ministry where we have to raise support. Well, God crossed that off the list with Visionary Family Ministries. And I think the last one on the list is we said we will never plant a church for all sorts of reasons. So God has wiped out all of our nevers. There's none left. And we're so glad that, that he did. You know, planting a church is a new thing God does over and over again. So think of it like this. How many people is God going to create in the world today? Does anybody know? I looked this up. Does anybody know how many people God's going to create in the world today? All of them correct, but I want a number. <laughs> Give me a ballpark number. Take a stab at it. 500,000. All right, that is pretty darn close. It's about 400,000 unique, special, one-of-a-kind people that God is going to put in the wombs of their mothers. So see, when God creates a boy or girl, it's a new thing that he's doing over and over again. You get that? It's a brand new thing, but he's done it many, many times. Uh, how many families has he created by bringing a man and a woman together in marriage? It's a brand new work that God does over and over again. And he does the same thing with churches. It's a brand new work. He brings children together into one spiritual family. And because it's made up of all one-of-a-kind people, each church is a one-of-a-kind church. So some of the scriptures that become very real in a church planting uh, mission, when Jesus uh, tells Peter in Matthew 16, 18, he says, I will build my church. In Colossians 3, 18, tells us that he is, Christ is the head of the body, the church. And as a pastor, it becomes very clear when church planting that you as pastor are not the head of the church, that you are not calling the shots, you are not in charge, that Jesus is. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen because Jesus 
uh, wanted it to happen, and Jesus made it happen. How about the, the Apostle Paul? Do you think he knew a little bit about church planting? Hello? Yeah. yeah, he had a little experience with this. So here's what he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, he's talking about basically his ministry as a planting elder and Apollos' ministry as a planting elder. He says this, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. God plants churches in surprising ways, in surprising places, with surprising people. But church planting's hard. Kids, let me ask you a, a, a question here. I want you to imagine you are going to plant uh, some flowers, or you're going to plant some vegetables, or you're going to plant some crops. Which soil or which field would you pick to plant your vegetables or your flowers? This one, we'll do a, we'll a stand-up, sit-down. Okay, so get it in your mind. Which field would you pick? And if it's this one on this side, stand up, kids, if you would put your seeds there. All right, let's try the other one. If you would put your seeds on this side, stand up, kids. Well done. Very good. I think you really, you nailed it. Absolutely. Um, of course, you'd plant in the, the, the rich, soft soil, not in the rocks. Church planting is God saying, I want you to plant in the rocks. That there's nothing there now. There's, there's nothing cultivated. There's nothing else growing. It's a new place where things are not yet growing. So back in January of 2012, a group of five families uh, began to pray together, to worship with each other in our homes, and we didn't know where, where God would lead us. It seemed like we had a shared conviction and, and, and biblical unity, but we needed time together. And I remember during those first eight months, we were very open-handed. What I mean by that is that, that we were praying, Lord, if you want to birth a new church, you have to make that clear to us. And if you don't want to, that's okay too. We just want what you want. You know, and a question we faced back then, as we were talking with our friends about it, is if you're going to plant a church, why Wheaton? Right? I mean, come on. You know, so it used to be maybe, you know, most churches per capita or, or whatever. Aren't there enough churches here? Well, the answer to that's no. Uh, if you round the numbers... There's about 50,000 people here in Wheaton, and if you get the attendance from all the churches in town, it would be generous to estimate that there's 20,000 people in town attending a Christian church of some kind. So that means there's 30,000 people right here who need Jesus. We need a lot more new churches, and we need growth for our gospel preaching churches as well. I do remember it was a little awkward toward the end of the summer you know, we had friends uh, asking, you know, the Ericsons were an example, friends asking, hey, we, we heard about this new church, can we come? And I'm like, well, we're really not a church yet. You know, we, we, we ha don't have any more room in our living rooms, first of all, we're just meeting in our homes. We hadn't appointed our, our elders and, and deacons. And uh, so we said, look, as soon as we're a church, then you can come. They're like, so we can't come to church? We're like, I don't know. It's just, it's a... Thank God that didn't last long. That was a very uncomfortable phase. So this fall, 10 years ago, we moved out of our living rooms and we began to worship uh, in the gym at Grace Lutheran Church. And I think I have a 
picture. There we go. And I think Mike will show that to you again. This is one of our first foggy pictures. This was a probably film even before they invented digital cameras or something like that. But uh, I don't, did we plan this that Drew was going to be playing guitar this morning? Did we did? It was intentional because we knew the picture was going to be there? Okay. Um, you know, but one thing that is um, uh, special for me, even as, I, even as I look at the picture, there's Pastor Michael up there too, um, is, to, is to see some great friends uh, here this morning who God used in a very important way to plant the church, shape the church, grow the church, but now you're at another church. Either you've moved out of town uh, or you're at another church here in town. And, you know, our, our planting team, all, we all left churches that we cared about and people that we loved, like to break new ground because that's what we thought God was calling us to do and it was hard. And close friends joined the work for a season and then God called close friends to other churches. And, and there again is this like necessary faith and understanding that Christ is the head of the church. He moves people where he wants them to move. And it's hard, and we don't always like it or understand it, but it's how God works. It's how God multiplies his people and multiplies his churches. Now, but when we planted the church, of course, there would be this question, what would the new church be like? Every church has its areas of passions and distinctives. What would gospel fellowship be all about? Well, there was a shared conviction that the simple commands and patterns that God gave to the church in the New Testament were enough. So, so what does that mean? Like, how are we going to build God's kingdom? Well, we're, we're going to gather every Lord's Day. Here we are again. Uh, we're going to sing, and we're going to pray, and we're going to share communion, and we're going to eat. As Pastor Michael, come on, he would say, can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. Come on. I'm doing your work for you now up here. We'll baptize new believers. We'll equip and strengthen men. We'll preach the word, the whole counsel of God. We'll preach that book and no other book because God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and we will, just like the early Christians did, do all those things with our children. Children, raise your hand. Okay. With our children and grandchildren uh, by our side. And not only are we going to pray and worship and, and read the Bible at church on Sunday, but we're going to worship in our homes. That What's the first line of the church email every week? Our worship at church, anybody knows it? Overflows from our worship at home. This driving scripture uh, for us, Deuteronomy chapter 6, 5 through 7, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Parents, grandparents, teach them diligently to your children. And then this commandment from the Lord, talk about them, the word of God, the things of God, when you sit at home. We said our pastors are going to pastor. They're not going to be too busy running programs to meet with people. We wanted every member of the church to personally know a pastor and for the pastors to know the members of the church. We're going to care for each other when we're in crisis, uh, financial or, or otherwise. We're going to pray for God to send out missionaries. We're going to pray for God to plant more churches. What's our website name? Anybody know our website domain? gfc1.org. You know why we put the number one in? 
because we're praying for two and three and four. And I just did a domain search. I should have bought this years ago. GFC2.org is available. We're snatching it. All right. Um, Michael will talk about that in just a minute. But okay, some of you may be like, all right, let's review. You know, what, what, okay, the grand strategy. You just went through, Rob, the grand strategy. You're going you're gonna to sing and you're going to pray and you're going to eat. I do like that. You're going to baptize. You're going to preach. You're going to take care of each other. And you're going to do a bunch of Bible and prayer stuff at home. That's how you're going to impact the world for Christ. Absolutely. 100%. That Christ is the head of the church. And, and that's why in the Bible, he tells us to do these things. And at the heart of this new church was the conviction that these simple things, just being faithful with these things that God had said was enough. And that if God wanted to grow us, God would grow us. And, and he has. And, and here's something I've been thinking about this week. There's a lot of you in this room right now um, who are now my friends and friends of our family who we never would be friends if it wasn't for this place, all because Jesus formed this church. Uh, give this a try, would you? I want you to do a little scan of the people. Look around. Look around. You might people sitting around you. And, and if you've been here for any length of time, I imagine you can identify people in this room that the only reason they're a friend of yours, the only reason they're in your life is because God brought both of you to gospel fellowship. Are you, come on, keep awkwardly staring at people. It's okay. No big deal. All right. If you might be looking at someone, you say, oh my goodness, I, the only reason I know them is because of this place. What an amazing thing. Ephesians 4 16 says, Jesus, he makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So today's a day for giving thanks, just for stopping uh, a minute and stepping back and admiring a new thing that God has done. And Pastor Michael's going to come up and share some scriptures on his heart with where we're headed and how we can all be a part of it. All right, brother, come on. Well, thank you so much, uh, Rob, for getting us kicked off. It, it's just amazing to think about the fact that it's, it's been 10 years already since we started GFC. Uh, I remember talking and praying in your living room on Ranch Road about this idea, this crazy idea of planting a church. Uh, seven families meeting in homes, and I do remember thinking often, and it didn't really go away, like for the first several years, thinking often, is this going to work? Like, how is this going to go? Is this even going to last? And I kept thinking, God, you have got to do this because God, if you don't do this, then it isn't going to work. Like this whole thing is in your hands. And that's still true today. Amen? Amen. Amen. We've seen God move at GFC in so many Ways I, I just love that you shared that that picture from our first service. Some of the youth in that picture have grown up and gotten married, and some of them have had kids of their own, and now they're seeking to pass faith on to their own children. It's amazing. It's incredible. The picture reminds me of of God's great faithfulness to us and how we've seen. God at work. We, we watched these kids grow physically and spiritually. I've watched dads cry as they baptize 
their children, watch the church caring for each other as people have had babies or as loved ones have passed on, sharing tears of joy and sorrow all along the way. I've watched people countless times huddled up in prayer or doubled up in laughter through the years. I've watched God raise up men from this church to serve as pastors and deacons. I've watched God give dads and moms a discipleship vision for their home, a passion for discipling their kids, watching them run with it. Watch God growing people's faith. Watch God for 10 years provide everything that we need all along the way. And it's just, you can't, you can't sum up everything that God has done in the course of 10 years. All I can say is, praise God. I am thankful to God to be a part of what God has done here for the past 10 years. I'm, I'm so thankful. It is just a, it's a privilege, it's an honor, it's a joy to be able to pastor at Gospel Fellowship Church. And I was reading this week that King Saul was little in his own eyes, and so he built a monument to himself. Why? Because he wanted to be big in the eyes of people. And that's not what today is about. As we celebrate GFC's anniversary, we are sharing the stories of God's faithfulness and God's grace to us so that God gets all the praise and glory that is due to Him. Amen? Now, looking back at what God has done makes us grateful. It leads us to glorify God. But it does more than that. It also strengthens our faith to remain faithful to God. It's the reason that Israel went astray is because they stopped remembering God's past grace. That's why God commanded them so often to remember the glorious deeds of the Lord, the wonders that He has done, so they would not forget the works of God and become a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Psalm 78 verses 4 through 8. So remembering God's past grace, His faithfulness, it strengthens our faith that God is going to give us the grace that we need later today and tomorrow and next week and for the next 10 years. It's, it's, just, like, it's just like the song. His grace has brought us safe thus far and grace will lead us home. So looking back, we're, we're grateful for God's past grace, but looking ahead, we also are casting ourselves on God's grace for the future. That's true, not just for the church. That's true of us as individuals, as families, and as a church. Now, in one sense, 10 years is a long time. But in another sense, 10 years is not that long in the life of a church. Not if you consider, by God's grace, GFC being here for 100 years or 150 years, far beyond any of our lifetimes. I, mean, I thank God for everything that He has done these past 10 years. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do in the years to come. Our task, our task is just to be faithful with what God has given us to do right now. 
to remain faithful as we look to the future. So I wanted to ask, what, what are we committed to as a church? And I just love, it's, it's like we worked on this together, but maybe it's because we've been doing church for the past 10 years. Our biblical convictions and our vision for a church have not changed, but it is true to say that no one drifts in the right direction. No individual, no family, no church, or no institution is going to drift toward greater godliness or greater faithfulness. We always drift in the wrong direction. And so that means we need to stay intentional, striving to be faithful to to God's word in everything that we do. The, The principle here is semper reformanda. We're, we're wanting to make sure always that what we're doing is aligned with what God says in his word. We're a sufficiency of scripture church. That means that we believe that God's word is enough to equip us for every matter of faith and practice. And that means what God wants for how he wants his church to function. We're committed to faithful preaching and teaching the whole counsel of God's word, especially keeping the gospel central so that we can equip and build up the body, equipping you for works of ministry so, as Rob pointed out, the body can build itself up in love, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And we continue to trust these ordinary means of grace that Rob talked about, preaching and prayer and communion and fellowship and all the rest. This simple model for church, for discipleship. Our mission remains the same, to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ, teaching people to follow Christ. Why? The same reason Paul says, for your progress and joy in the faith. Philippians 1.25 We're committed to having all ages together to worship on Sunday and equipping parents to disciple their kids and to worship at home through the week. This has always been a strength for us at Gospel Fellowship. We're also committed to to fostering the fellowship of believers. It's another one of our strengths. And God has been pressing in on my heart recently how this is essential It's essential for individuals and families and for churches, including our church, to stay faithful to God. That's why the Bible says this, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Our perseverance as individuals and as a church, it depends on fellowship, this mutual encouragement. But it's more than that. It's also part of our witness to the world. It's why Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples, by your love for one another. Jesus expects that this beautiful fellowship, this community that we have as a church is going to be visible to the world. We as a church want to engage the culture, and one of the best ways that we can engage the culture is by showing them, presenting to them another culture. Showing them the joy and the beauty and the blessing of living God's way as God's people, as God's image bearers in the world. So the vision for GFC has not changed, but that doesn't mean that we've arrived either. It's one thing to have a clear biblical vision. It's another thing to assess how are we doing 
in fulfilling it. So what areas do we want to press into as a church for greater faithfulness? Where, where do we want to invest as leaders and as a congregation? Let me share a few areas where we sense that God wants us to press in. And these are areas where we want to be more effective in fulfilling GFC's vision or areas of, of fruitfulness that we want to press into for even greater fruitfulness. One is sharing the gospel and making disciples out in the world. And one of the ways that we hope to do this is through hospitality ministry. God has really, really developed a culture of hospitality at GFC. There's so much ministry that happens in homes, and we're so thankful for that. We do a great job of ministering to our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. But we want to press into that and practice hospitality, show hospitality to our unbelieving neighbors so that as grace extends to more and more people, it increases thanksgiving to the glory of God, 2 Corinthians 4, 15. Another way we want to do this is to invest in ministry in the community. And let me just give a couple examples. God has really opened the door for us at the Wheaton Care Center. GFC is impacting the lives of these residents and even some of the staff over there. It's, it's wonderful to see this happening. Another example is, is the pro-life ministry here at GFC is continuing to grow. Our partnership with Caring Network and now beginning to, to minister at the abortion mills, sharing the gospel with women, trying to rescue babies so people can be saved physically and spiritually. So we want to press into these and other gospel-centered ministries in the community. The second, uh, God is at work, and we want to keep investing in the discipleship of the next generation. We want to do that by continuing to equip parents, especially men, to lead their families faithfully and through discipleship and stand in college ministry. We want the next generation to be rooted and grounded in their faith so that they will be steadfast and faithful servants of Jesus Christ. A third area is God has, has given each one of us, every one of us, works, good works for us to do. None of us here can do everything, amen? But we can all do something. God has called each and every one of you in this room to serve Him. And so we want to ask you to ask this question, God, where, where do you want me to serve? What ministry do you have for me? So that as we all use our gifts, the body builds itself up in love. So we want to press into this vision for equipping the saints for ministry. And finally, we've always had a vision for planting churches at Gospel Fellowship Church. We love our church. We think it's, we're convinced that it's thoroughly biblical, that it's effective for discipleship, that it honors God. And so we want to replicate it. We, we always have. That's why we started LEAD, to train men to serve in church leadership for any future church plant. And now we have an opportunity in Tennessee. And I just love that you, you talked about God doing new works in unexpected ways. And this, this church plant in Tennessee, it's not what we had planned. It's not what we had envisioned or imagined. But it seems clear that God is at work in Tennessee. Juan and Allison moved to Tennessee 
had this desire to, to plant a church, and we said, well, Juan, it's just you. <laughs> there's no one else there. And now, 18 months later, there's seven core families plus some others who are committed to this. They've been worshiping together for 12 weeks in homes. And as you guys know, we, I went down there a few, a few weeks ago, met with these core families. We did a time of, of Q&A to help uh, give them a, a clear picture for Gospel Fellowship Church and what this looks like and got to meet the families and get to know them. And that was a fruitful time. We've also begun equipping some of the men for preaching. We've been coaching Juan and Allison all along the way. And we're excited about what God is doing down there. They are eager for our help. And we're eager to help them launch a Gospel Fellowship Church. So we're pursuing this church plant in Tennessee, and we will see how the Lord provides. We're treating this just like we did our church 10 years ago with an open hand. It, it, we'll see how God leads, how he provides. We're trusting God because the outcome is entirely in his hands. So we'll continue to provide oversight and equipping and evaluation for them, oversight to provide accountability uh, evaluation as things progress, where they can grow, how they can change, evaluating any potential leaders. But where we're really going to press in, our major focus the next few months is going to be training and equipping. We've already started uh, doing this, but we're going to ramp this up significantly in the next few months, meeting via Zoom with Juan, with, with the core families, with um, the men of the church uh, to, for training and equipping. And the biggest thing that you guys can do right now is to pray, to pray for all of this, to pray for God's wisdom and direction, to pray for God's protection over them, to pray for God's provision, especially God's provision of qualified, multiple qualified men to serve as pastors and deacons. That's the biggest need right now. Juan can share more of an update during our fellowship time, uh, during maybe during the testimony time. But this all leads me to where we want to close today. And that is by emphasizing God's plan, God's power, God's grace to accomplish what God lays before us as a church. I believe that God's word to us in this season as a church is this. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy 2.1. That was Paul's advice for Timothy as he led the church in Ephesus, but it was also Paul's uh, counsel and encouragement to the church in Corinth when he said, as I say often, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you, you church, may abound in every good work. This is a promise. That's a promise of future grace. God is going to give us everything that we need to do everything that he asks of us. Whenever we come to God in Christ with all of our needs, God comes to us with Christ, with all of his grace to meet them. We have this treasure, the treasure of the gospel, the treasure of Christ, the treasure of his word in jars of clay, these broken, <laughs> inefficient clay pots. That's what we are. Why? Why would God do it that way? To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Amen? 
We don't claim any sufficiency is coming from us. It's God who makes us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Like the scripture Pastor Rob shared a moment ago, we plant, we water, we weed, but only God can give the growth so that all the glory belongs to God. Amen? We're the king's servants. And what an honor, what a privilege, what a joy it is to serve the king. Our job is to be faithful with what the king, what God has given us to do now. And as we do it in all of our weakness and insufficiency, we have this promise, the promise of God's presence and power, the promise of God's all-sufficient grace to strengthen and sustain us. So as a church, we put our hope, our trust, fully on the grace of God so that all the glory goes to God. And none of us knew what God had in store when, when, when we planted this church 10 years ago. And I'm excited to see what God has planned for us next, for the next 10 years and beyond. So today, as we look back, we, we celebrate what God has done. We thank God for His faithfulness. And as we look ahead, we stand firm on the promise of God's grace so that we can be faithful to Him in the future. All of it, all of it for the advance of His kingdom and for the glory of His name. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You and we praise You for all that You have done for us here at Gospel Fellowship Church. We want all the glory to go to You. And God, we pray that as we look ahead to the future that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we would walk in a manner worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing to you, so that we might bear fruit in every good work and grow in our relationship with you. So God, we ask that you would strengthen us with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and all patience with joy, giving thanks to you. God, you've, you've delivered us from the kingdom of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of your beloved Son. And we thank you and we praise you. We praise you for your faithfulness. And we ask that you would give us the grace to be faithful to you, God. That, that we would see your gospel and your kingdom advance all for your glory. All for your glory. We ask this, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.